metal because you are um i have guests on my show where some people get the most likes some people get the most dislikes some people get the most views some people get the most comments you get the most bans in that none of your episodes are on youtube because youtube will just blanket ban me so that is you get the uh you get the uh, gold ribbon or the gold medal for that for uh, the most suspended person but i do believe dr roger hodkinson for everyone that hasn't listened to before I do believe that that the tide is slowly turning, and I say that primarily because um, Doctor is it Keith, Doctor Keith Malone, uh, one of the co-inventors of the mRNA vaccine technology, was on a rather large podcast about ten days ago called the Dark Horse Podcast, which I've never listened to, but it's a very it's a calm, collected. It's not this podcast where we're screaming. It's a very collected professional, and it was I banned. listened to the entire three hours. Oh, you did? I only see. I only looked at it at a glance, but um, I think that was what a lot of people saw that are making them start to go, "Okay, hold on." The guy that helped invent this technology is now being censored for medical misinformation. What's going on here? Well, he was. Then he was on Fox last night. Oh yeah. And, yep. uh, and then not him, but the pe- the person that hosted him, Brett Weinstein, uh, Joe Rogan had him on like two days ago and because yep. Rogan can't be canceled. So I think the tide is slowly turning. Cancel? Who canceled who? No, no, no. no one, I, Joe Rogan can't be canceled. <laughs> I mean, I would say canceled. I could almost say it's it's uh, interchangeable with censored. You can just get knocked down. Uh, okay. But um. Dr. Hodkinson, please introduce yourself for everyone that has not uh, heard of you or have listened to prior podcasts with us. Um, well, let me start off by saying I'm a humble guy. I've got all kinds of credentials and I've never framed a single one of them. You, you wouldn't find one on my wall um, because I think some of them are a bit snotty. <laughs> um, I'm a graduate of Cambridge University where I was a scholar at uh, Corpus Christi College. I trained in pathology in Vancouver, British Columbia, at the University of British Columbia, at the best uh, training school in Canada. Um, I've been an assistant professor at the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Alberta. Uh, I've been the president of the Pathology Association, you might say, of the province. It has a long name that I won't trouble you with. Um, I've been the chairman of a... Uh, the committee of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons that sets the annual examination for pathology residents to make sure that they're safe reading biopsies and that kind of thing, a rather important role. Um, I'm a fellow of the College of American Pathologists. I practiced in, um, in Michigan and San Diego. Um, so, um, yeah, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff that's that's not everything, but I think it's enough to. Uh, oh, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> how could I forget? I'm chairman of a um, an American biotechnology company in North Carolina, doing cutting edge research about to be about to be applied in the area of uh, DNA sequencing for early cancer diagnosis. So, yeah, I've. Uh, oh, and I've been a CEO of a big lab in in in, a, in Canada too. So. Yeah, there's other stuff, but I won't trouble you with that. Uh, other stuff. So there are a couple ways we could, a couple directions we could take this podcast. And normally, I think we we normally do about a month between podcasts, but we've been doing them every two weeks or so because it seems news surrounding COVID 
has been accelerating, I would say. I think last time we touched a little more on myocarditis as well as the Wuhan lab leak theory, which is now becoming mainstream. Um, yeah. But what we're seeing now with what I had. I was saying that six months ago, by the way. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. And um, who's the who's that uh, that Nobel Prize winning uh, physician, the guy from France, Luc, Luc I don't know, Montagnier? Um, I think he discovered AIDS or isolated AIDS or whatever it was back. He's in his like 90s now. But he yeah. came out, yeah, last around this time last year and said this was made in a lab. And there are all yeah. these people are like, oh, this old guy's losing his mind. And I think he's getting the last laugh. We're seeing the Overton window shift to where now it's okay to talk about it being a lab leak. But now there are still things that you can't talk about. And if we can learn from the lab leak chronology – I would say in six months, there are things that we're going to be talking about today that today are conspiracies. And in six months, the Overton window will shift and you'll see John Oliver talking about it or some other airhead. Mm -hmm. We've touched on vaccines and their side effects a lot. The covering up of every time someone gets one and then two days later they die. It's just, oh, it's an absurd complication. But that same logic doesn't apply when it's COVID. It's, oh, it was COVID. But because this is the new thing that's kind of being beat down our throats, I wanted to touch on this, and this is what I originally emailed you about, is the whole Delta variant scare. So in the light or in the theme or the the feeling of open-mindedness, let's keep an open mind, explain to me what is the Delta variant and is just is this just another... Uh, beating the uh, the, the fear mongering drums. It's absolutely nothing to worry about. Period. What's your next question? What's your next question? <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, <laughs> there's the gavel. Bam. But right, it's, all right. it's, it's the same okay. thing, though. Right, it's the same thing. Let, let me elaborate. Okay. First of all, first of all, uh, again, um, an attempt to confuse and, and drive fear. The Delta variant is not a new variant. It is the same, exactly the same as the Indian variant. They're just getting Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta designations now. That's it. So this this variant is nothing at all to worry about. It's being promoted as if it's having tentacles coming out of the power socket in the wall and it's going to suffocate you in the middle of the night. No such thing. No such thing. It's merely another version. These viruses mutate all the time. They will continue to mutate. You can't get ahead of them. It's unpredictable what mutation is going to happen next. But the extent of mutation in their own genome is relatively trivial. The reality of that is that our immune system, miraculous, is our miraculous immune system, it really is, um, has the innate ability to to detect common things that were present on the other coronaviruses that we've met over our lives, um, as well as any recent uh, COVID-19 variant that's different. And so our immune system is going to knock off these variants exactly the same way as uh, all the other variants. Nothing to fear. And if it happens to be more transmissible, as I might have said, that, in my opinion, is a good thing. You want to drive 
um, immunity, the natural way, natural transmission with the whole virus, not a little bit of it with all these complications that we're going to talk about. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. Um, again, sleight of hand, change the name, same thing. Um, no, re no real difference. Um, and uh, your immune system's standing by constantly on guard for thee. It's kind of like, um, right? It's kind of like when a pharmaceutical makes its makes its killing, it makes its billions, and then the patent runs out and it turns into a generic. So they create an enantiomer and they just mirror the molecule and they add some trivial hydrocarbon to it and then they rebrand it, right? I mean, we saw that with yeah. those stimulants, modafinil, and then the patent yeah. runs out and they make a drafinil and then or armodafinil and then there's and then they just keep switching it every five years until it's a new thing yeah. and they just right you zoloft well we can't we can't make money on zoloft anymore so we'll make some new expensive thing that's the same thing so, so there's no need for a, another booster vaccine to hit the variant that's absolute bullshit is that what they're pushing now oh yeah oh, oh yeah geez. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's going to be a constant stream of, you know, you've got to get up to date, you know, and all that. Your passport's out of date. You know, you've got to get it re-stamped or, you know, a new uh, tattoo on your forehead to make sure that you're really safe to be in the presence of other people. We'll talk about how that's potentially being reversed, of course, um, sometime during this interview with the concept of shedding and um, maybe the self-righteous now are in fact the ones who have not been vaccinated. Could you go into that? The shedding? Vaccine shedding? Yeah. Um, it, I'm not sure if we discussed that in we, previous... We have not. Okay. Well, there's, there's a, a very serious concern swirling around the internet right now that's actually got a name, contagious vaccinosis. And what the essence of it is, is that people who have not been vaccinated, who are around, have prolonged contact with people who have been vaccinated, Dr. Hodkinson? It appears we have lost connection with him. I think my internet's still working. Um, not sure what happened, but this has happened before in Zoom, so I imagine he'll he'll black out in a couple seconds and then come back in. Um, might just give him a call, but um, seems uh, Pfizer has gotten a hold of our internet connection, and uh, maybe they don't want this episode going through, so. I am Dr. Hodkinson. If you can hear me or see me, I can't. Yep, he's back. I think he's back. Dr. Hodkinson? I can hear you, Tony. I, I can hear you. Can't see you. You froze up for about 20 okay. seconds. Hmm. There we go. There we go. I don't know what happened. Um, I was about to, about to call you. Um, okay, no problem. So, said unvaccinated people around vaccinated people for a prolonged period of time, and then it cut off. Yeah. Yes, that, that's uh, contagious vaccinosis refers to uh, unexpected events in unvaccinated people who've been in prolonged contact with recently vaccinated people. And the majority of these complaints are in women who have uh, noted changes in their menstrual cycle 
um, and also postmenopausal women who have started um, having menstrual periods again. And intuitively, it sounds um, ludicrous, um, but there are so there's so much of it that one has to really look at it objectively and try to assess whether there's any plausible connection. One can get trapped in, into what I call academic arrogance here and slough these women off as simply group hysteria. Women are always having trouble with their periods and they put it down to this and that, and that's all that's going on. Um, it's a brave doc that does that um, because you can be humbled by confirmation bias and, and missing things. So what I'm going to tell you is, um, uh, I want a, a very important caveat understood here. I've spent my entire career solidly in evidence-based medicine with not a whiff of conspiracy theory or off-the-wall stuff, right? I've been a teacher, I've been an examiner, right? I've, I've been a laboratory inspector, I've done all that stuff. and. So with that caveat, this is what I'm going to tell you. Um, we know that um, autopsies that have been done on people who died of, of COVID-19, we do know that the virus um, and the spike protein have located heavily in sweat glands. And the paper that was written on that, it actually came out of the, Wu, of the Wuhan uh, area um, but it was a well-written paper, and there's, there's no, no suggestion that this was some part of a big plot or anything. Um, and the paper did say that one has to recognize that this might imply the spread of um, the virus and the spike protein by uh, perspiration. Now, as we all know, having been around people with poor personal hygiene, um, people uh, who don't really shower very often um, smell. Mm -hmm. They smell, <laughs> you can smell it because they've aerosolized stuff coming from under their armpits. So there is a theoretical possibility here that spike protein, um, a theoretical possibility, I, I'm, I want to emphasize all the unknowns here because mm -hmm. I don't wish to be you know, pigeonholed by Snopes and AP as some absurd conspiracy theorist and quack. All right, uh, I, I'm saying that publicly so they can't. Uh, if you're listening, Snopes, write that down, okay? Um, so, um, yes, there's a possibility, therefore, of aerosolization of the spike protein from people who have been vaccinated. Um, um, because the spike protein locates in places where the ACE2 receptor is. And we're assuming here that because the virus locates in the sweat glands, that excess spike, spike protein in a vaccinated person uh, could similarly locate in the sweat glands. At the present time, unproven. Is it likely? Yes. So we have, we have the possibility then of aerosolization of the spike protein breathed in by people around an individual who's been vaccinated uh, within the last two weeks or so. 
And um, could that, question mark, could that be the explanation for these abnormalities, largely in women, who are in prolonged contact with someone who has been vaccinated? The, 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 the flaws in that argument are, first of all, dose, even if that was to take place, which still has to be proven, uh, is enough of that spike protein getting into the bystander, so to speak, in order to create an effect? And even if it is being breathed in, uh, how does it get in? Um, we know how the virus gets into the body um, because it's infectious and it destroys cells and it invades the body. Um, but there is no work, to my knowledge, on what happens if the spike protein itself is breathed in and how could it get in uh, and, and so on. So I think you can see the, the, the tail end of this hypothesis is vague, um, unproven. All I'm saying is a theoretical possibility. Now, that would be by the by, were it not for something else. The Pfizer submission to the Japanese regulatory authorities uh, has been translated and it's perfectly clear that Pfizer in its clinical trial was envisaging the possibility of this process happening. It specifically alerted the trial coordinators to be on the lookout for it and they even said in print surprisingly, if you find it, don't report it to, as part of a vaccine adverse reaction, but report it separately to the trial coordinator. Oh, so here's a company that probably did its research, knows, knew that um, aerosolization was possible, and was saying, watch out for it, because you know what, you stupid idiots out there, you're the guinea pigs. Um, you know, let's see what happens. We'll put it out there and we'll monitor it. So that that's the story on um, contagious vaccinosis. Um, worrying, um, uh, needs investigation, and all these women should not be sloughed off as suffering from some form of group hysteria. Um, furthermore, the, um, the ACE2 receptor uh, is more heavily expressed in the uterus. Now, the lining of the, of, the, of the uterus, the endometrium, the ACE2 receptor in the endometrium is more heavily expressed in women who are post-menopause. And a lot of these women are complaining, are, are post-menopausal, who are complaining of, of this um, start restarting of their periods. So, again, a little digression here, if I may, Tommy, into my speciality, pathology. Um, as pathologists, we receive, you know, uteruses removed in the operating room all the time. The gynecologists don't see the inside of the uterus. We do. And I can assure you and all your listeners and all the women listening that the endometrium, the lining of the uterus, in its non-pregnant state, is the most lush, fragile tissue in the entire human body. It's incredibly fragile. Um, soft and it's intended to be so because it's supposed to be welcoming for the fertilized ovum. Mm -hmm. And because of that, its vascular supply is incredibly fragile. The blood, the blood vessels there um, and the sinusoids, as we say, the lakes are, are so fragile 
very, very thin walled blood vessels. And so as those blood vessels uh, will have the ACE2 receptor on the inside of them, just like blood vessels do everywhere, and why we're getting blood clots in the brain and in the legs because of blood clots in, in vessels and heart attacks. Um, my, my supposition is that the spike protein could well um, be attacking also the, um, the endometrium, uh, the blood vessels to the endometrium. And um, if, if, it, if it gets in, and according to that multi-step process I was describing, if it gets into the body of un unvaccinated women, um, there's a potential mechanism by which they would start a period. Um, because that's how periods normally start. The, the, the blood supply of that lush lining is interfered with, it, it dies, and it's sloughed off, and it creates a period. That's, that's how normal menstrual periods happen. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the story. Um, underlined, Snopes, please listen. Um, a partial hypothesis that needs to be explored, like so many other things in this sad story. We're seeing things after the fact that should have been fully uh, examined before these vaccines were ever released. Snopes ain't going to do shit. <laughs> they don't care. Snopes is, they're, the, they're at the left hand of the uh, king. They're going to say, you're a white male, Dr. Hawkinson. You're, you're a lost cause. Are we, what are we going to see, do you think, on that note of spike proteins in affecting women, contagious vaccinosis, we, last time we touched on myocarditis and possible infertility issues, are we going to see more and more things? At what point, or is this never going to happen, is the dam going to break? At, at some point, at some point, they're not going to be able to hold back all these side effects. And for everyone listening, as we've said in past episodes, neither Dr. Hodkinson nor myself are anti-vax. Not at all. I am about waiting for things. I've taken vaccinations that are proven. I'm not to, as someone who had heart issues as a child and has as someone that has hereditary heart issues. I don't want to take something that's going to make me drop dead. Uh, excuse me, I'm really enjoying my life. I have a podcast and I do this for a living and I have my cool hoodies. I don't want to die. I don't have a risk to take this, especially for something that has a very low risk of killing me. And I'm isolated all the time anyway because I do a podcast in my own house. <clears throat> when are we going to start to see more and more of these things come forward? It, it seems, at least in my limited sphere of reality, there are more and more posts on lines, on Twitter, on the news. We saw um, we saw the CDC held that emergency meeting for myocarditis issues in young males. Yeah. When is the dam going to break? Well, it's it's it is breaking. That's my sense of it. With all my antennae up, with these many and various new things that are that are emerging, and the numbers, the sheer numbers, the VAR reports. Bears report, for example, with similar numbers in Britain and in Europe. Um, the myocarditis issue, which is, prob as Peter McCullough has stated, is probably grossly underreported. We must remember that the Bears system is, first of all, three months out of date. It, it, we don't know the current number. And whatever the number is that's voluntarily reported is as likely as not 
um, merely 1% or at the very most 10% of the true events that are going on out there, drawing upon experience with previous vaccines and the rate at which adverse reactions are, are reported. So the, the number of myocarditis cases is as likely as not quite significant and very worrying and a reason for certainly young adult males and not to take the vaccine because that's the principal target for reasons we don't ex we don't understand um so yeah it, it's it's a rapidly evolving scene um i uh, the who of course has come out with a mealy-mouthed um they didn't say outright we condemn vaccination in children but they they've said we do not recommend vaccination in children and furthermore they didn't have they didn't they didn't want that to be announced they simply changed the website silently on june the 5th yeah. and let yeah. everyone find it themselves yeah i saw that, that yeah that nice legal uh safety work just so in the future yeah. hey we did say that we don't recommend it yeah we just buried it yeah 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 so um beyond that um there's another issue swirling around the internet too, Tommy. This business of people putting magnets on their on their arms and showing that they're sticking. Have you heard of that? I have, but I I wasn't sure if it was a joke. It, it seemed a little. I don't know. I I kind of wrote it off as a joke. I thought it was like uh, making fun of conspiracies or something. I actually don't know. Well, that was my first reaction too. Okay. Lud ludicrous, hairy, fairy nonsense, yeah. conspiracy cubed. Are you kidding me? Get a grip on yourself. You know this is this is just fake. Yeah. And I I didn't give it a second thought. Um, however, however, <laughs> again underlined in neon. I'm just reporting the scientific literature. Okay. Okay. It just so happens for the last 15 years, there have been hundreds of publications of the delivery of nanoparticles to, um, to try and treat cancer, lipid particles, very much like the ones that uh, are being used now for the vaccine, that have within them a, um, the chemotherapeutic agent to try and kill the cancer. And they've been experimenting with uh, what are called, I have to read it off here, uh, super paramagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles. All right? As a way of directing those lipid, those lipid um, globules to the target organ by one of two methods, by potentially applying an external magnet in order to direct them, although it's quite unclear how that would be successful, frankly. But also, um, this gets into the realm of very sophisticated physical chemistry, and uh, which I'm not an expert. But it has it has a name that's in the literature. That's a recognised way of making these globules penetrate cells more easily, and that that word is called magneto. Magnetofection. Magnetofection. 
Look it up. It's in the literature. It's an incredibly sophisticated technology that's meant to um, enable whatever is in that lipid globule, nano-sized particle, to enable it to penetrate cells more easily because of charge issues, the, the positive negative charges. Okay. Very sophisticated technology. Um, all I'm saying is, I'm just saying that technology has been out there for 15 years to put these magnetic particles in these lipid uh, envelopes to deliver them to the body. And I'm just letting people know that's old technology. It's been well experimented with by Big Pharma. And paradoxically, um, a most unfortunate acronym has come out of this because if you shorten super paramagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles, you end up with the acronym SPIONS, which is pronounced, I suppose, spions. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see where I'm going with this. A most unfortunate name feeding in feeding into the 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 hysteria and conspiracy theory that that gates was right out. gates did this after all didn't he you know he's tracking us and it, these things are called spions you couldn't think of a, you couldn't think of a worse acronym for for this technology anyway that technology is out there spions are out there all right pre-covid a delivery vehicle for drugs that's all I'm saying, a way of getting drugs into cells more easily. Okay. So obviously it needs investigation. How do you investigate it? It's very simple. You don't put magnets on the arm. You ask these pharmaceutical manufacturers, what the hell have you put in those particles? Did you or didn't you put spions in those particles? If they didn't, then we have to find some other explanation, and maybe it all is. It is all very, very clever faked um, photographs. But it's dead simple. They 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 consider that, of course, proprietary information. But the FDA should demand of them, you know, what is the composition of the lipid envelope? What is inside the globules other than uh, a strand of RNA? Um, we don't know. And it's, it's very easy to resolve. Do you think, <clears throat> and I guess I'll slap on the tinfoil hat here, and for also to preface this by saying they don't need that to track you. For everyone listening, they, they have your phones. We, we, we know the NSA has been doing that forever, all right? So they don't need, they don't need a vaccine to track you. Well, I'm, 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 so, I'm not saying that. No, no, at no. All. I, I know you're not. I know you're not. I, just for everyone listening, just it was almost a side note. Like, hey, well, they're listening um, anyway. Like, just okay. But however, however, you take your friends where you find them. <laughs> if 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 that were true, if 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 that were true, the results of that in the in the lay public would would be whoa, we were right all along. We are being tracked. And if that stops them being vaccinated, I say, good show. You know, 
or for the wrong, for the wrong reason. But if it drives um, vaccine hesitancy, um, that would be fantastic. So I, I was just thinking as you were saying that, what I would do, let's say I'm a pharmaceutical chairman or CEO, you know, when when we send rovers to other planets or we send the, the Apollo astronauts to the moon or we have the astronauts at the ISS, excuse me, the, the, the real estate is so valuable and precious, the time and the actual physical space, that everyone wants to get their experiment up there. And the experiments themselves are all shrunk. They're in little cubes because it's just to have your, let's say you're planting mango seeds, but you want to do it in zero gravity or microgravity, right? So it's very, right? You have to have the, everyone wants to get something. It's like uh, the old images of like, right, the president and there's like a hundred microphones in front of them and they all have the different news networks. Everyone wants to get their foot in the door because it's a valuable piece of real estate. I was just thinking of this as we were talking, a conspiracy in my head, and not really a particularly sexy one, but I would say like a financially prudent one, is if you knew that you had this emergency authorization to put a vaccine out that had to be used by the whole world, that you were barred from being sued for adverse effects against, and that you could just crank out in eight months and you knew that billions of people would have to take it, wouldn't you pack that with as many experimental technologies that maybe not necessarily nefarious, but maybe not necessarily if I'm if, if I own a car dealership and you say, Tommy, I'm going to buy 10 cars no matter what. No questions asked. I'm going to give you 10 cars that have all the bells and whistles, the Bluetooth and the, the air conditioning and the massaging seats, because I know you're going to take it. This is a once in a lifetime window who just buys 10 cars. No questions asked. If you knew that billions and billions of people were going to take it, that you couldn't be sued for it, and that you could just crank it out in six weeks or six months, wouldn't you pack it to the gills with experimental technology? Because you are getting so much free clinical trials at no risk. Your sample size is billions. Wouldn't you want to pack it with a bunch of experimental shit just to see what happens? Well, essentially, that's what has happened. Um, but, you know, what, what, what people don't realize is that this, this warp speed vaccine development program uh, could never have happened in the time frame that took place. Okay. Had, it, had it not been for a massive investment in this type of delivery that had been going on for years, um, you know, deep interest in, in mRNA vaccines and the delivery system and how to protect the RNA in a, in a lipid envelope. The big, the big question was how to protect it. Okay, so we have this lipid envelope and how do we engineer the lipid envelope so that it fuses with cells and injects the mRNA into the cell to start the, the, um, the immune process. So there was an enormous amount of work that had been done on this. Um, and a lot of it had failed um, in animal studies. All the animals were dying on re-exposure, um, this ADE um, phenomenon. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, that was a very method, uh, very... Um, methodical? 
methodical, thank you, methodical, very methodical um, development process, all they had to do really was to find the RNA strand to put in it. Um, really, that's that's why it got out so quickly. And, and, and essentially, you know, this is, as I've said before, underlined in neon, the largest uncontrolled medical experiment in our entire history. Mm-hmm. Billions of people are the guinea pigs. Um, in, in, uh, look, we're seeing, look, we're seeing all these complications happen, quite apart from contagious vaccinosis and all that. You know, we're seeing all these complications of, of the vaccine that would have come out of the woodwork had a normal clinical trial happened for four to six years. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that they've not checked for is a standard part of that development process always, and it's why it takes so long, is to determine what effect, if anything, there is on sterility. And I, I heard a, uh, someone refer to that um, on one of the emails that I scan every morning. It, it, he was saying, and you know, I, again, it's unproven that sterility will happen, but the way it's being um, essentially forced on children, even as young as 13, without any knowledge of anything you you could if it turns out to be making them infertile you could call that forced sterilization Mm -hmm. you could call that eugenics you know you you, i mean this is i keep on banging this drum i want to be wrong show me show me i'm wrong but if you can't show me I'm wrong, I'm scared to death. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, <clears throat> I've said that as well. I said it just the other day. I want to be wrong. No part of me wants to be like, ha, you're all screwed. I don't want that. I have family members and friends who got the vaccine. I don't want that to be true. I, I want to be illuminated as a fear-mongering conspiracy theorist who had no basis in reality. I, nothing would make me happier. I'm, It'd be a learning experience. I'd go, oh, I was wrong. Maybe I should reevaluate the way I jump on things and maybe not go off the top of my head. But, and I've said this before, I probably would have gotten the vaccine had all opposition and questioning to it not been censored. I probably would have got it just to get it because it'd be like, eh, you know, I'm not going to get COVID, but, you know, maybe my grandma will or something. The fact that they go to such extents to make mm-hmm. sure there is no opposition to it. Yeah. Nothing has made the hair stand up on my neck more than that. Like, I would have got it. If I, if someone said, hey, Tommy, well, we're all going to go get it, I would have said, like, yeah, I'm 30, I'm healthy. Yeah, sure, I'll go get it, right? Help the cause. The fact that no one can talk about it. To me, I'm like... Dr. Dr. Kirsch on Fox said, quote, you know what? You cannot be unvaccinated. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once, it, once it's in you, there's no going back. And it's, and it's also just sort of like, it's also what I stand for and what I what I love about science, and not this whole kind of pop science, the I fucking love science crowd, the whole trust the science, the way they're treating 
science in parentheses is the very same way that religious fundamentalists whom they criticize treat God. Yeah. Trust it, trust the scripture, trust the Quran, trust the whatever. Don't question it. Blind faith. God works in mysterious ways. They're saying the science works in mysterious ways. It's settled. You don't need it. <clears throat> no science is ever settled. All right. It's not. We used to think that people were formed as fully formed people, just really tiny with clothes and shoes. It was called the homunculus theory. That's not true anymore. We thought the world was flat. We thought you had to slit your daughter's throat and spill her blood onto the soil so that the rain gods would allow your crops to grow. We now know it's just called the spring. The idea that, so not even on a whole censorship level, but they're perverting the thing about science that I love so much in that it's like St. Augustine said, the truth does not need to defend itself. The truth is like a lion. You just let it out of the cage and it will defend itself. And that and, is the and, case. and it will it will come out. It with, always will. Without question, the truth will out. Yeah. And it's so to me, it's also just a smack into the face of what I love about science. It the best thing will rise to the top. You, you, no you don't need a little YouTube banner under every video that says gravity is nine point eight one meters per second squared. It just is. You can try to challenge it. Good luck getting peer review. So it's 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 just at its core, censorship to opposition instead of arguing, but just shutting them up, and just saying trust the science. Just tr it's it's settled. Just shut up. Just trust it. Look, well, it's like it's like like the whole climate debate. The science is settled. Well, so, sorry guys, it's not. You know. No, it, that's the beauty of science. Okay. My podcast does get censored by YouTube. I know that for a fact. They tell me that we will not recommend this video because of this. Eventually. Translation. You're doing a great job. Exa well, exa <laughs> thank you. But what I always tell myself is I can sit around and pout and say the reason why I'm not the next Joe Rogan is because they censor my videos. No. Instead, I tell myself if it's truly good, it will rise to the top. Maybe it needs to take a little longer because of censorship. It will rise to the top. Well, I, I imagine that the likes of Alex Berenson is writing the critique from soup to nuts as we speak. Um, uh, investigative journalists, yeah, you you can you can censor mainstream media, you can social you can censor social media, but you can't censor books, mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. even if Amazon was to refuse to di distribute them. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't censor books and. When the story is written, Tommy, of this grotesque period in human history, it will eclipse anything else that's ever happened on this scale. It, it eclipses what Mayo did to his, to his peasants. It eclipses what Stalin did to the Ukrainians, um, what the Brits did to the Irish, um, you know, what Pol Pot did, uh, what, what Hitler did. Um, because we're talking about billions of people here, mm -hmm. billions of people, and the average person hasn't a clue about of the scale at which this experiment is proceeding.
if I'm correct, <clears throat> don't the uh, trials not finish until 2023? Well, they should they should go on another five years after that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that's that's the norm. I want to emphasize that is the norm. You see, this whole madness of this vaccine is predicated on one single thing. The statement that this was an emergency. It never was an emergency, nowhere close to an emergency, any more than the seasonal flu is an emergency. But once it got that label, it enabled them to develop emergency authorization for an experimental vaccine. Totally predicated on an emergency. That was the initial fault. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not an emergency, you don't need a you don't need emergency authorization for a vaccine. And you could do a plodding five to seven year typical clinical trial for the vaccine, which is perfectly normal to give you a sense of what the real risk benefit ratio is. What do you think we're going to see? And this is all speculation. I've got you still got eight more minutes yet, so I figure we'll leave a little bit at the end for some wild speculation because that's the most fun. You mean we haven't been wildly speculating already? I guess so. I mean, <laughs> you know, up until this point, we've at least had the the facade of trying to take a balanced approach. Now we'll yeah. just get into the uh, we'll wrap the tinfoil on. Um, but no, really, what do you think as as a physician? What do you think we're going to see as the months go on? What are, so we're, we're seeing, right, the immediate side effects are severe, right, myocarditis um, mm -hmm. and, and, and embolisms. And mm -hmm. what do you think we're going to see in the coming months? Is there going to be a, a time-dependent side effect? Are we going to start seeing waves of – because you said that about the VAR system, correct? You said that that's three months out of date. And is that just the nature of the VAR system? Is it always three months behind? No, they're just being swamped with adverse oh. reactions. They weren't anticipating anything like that. They don't have the bodies in place to verify them. Oh, I thought you were saying that it was just, it's like turning a cruise ship. I thought that was just the nature of the virus. Is it like, right, we can only analyze last year's crops until the year's over. So this is just because they're swamped. Yeah, totally. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean 6,000 deaths in six months is that, that, really, that really only represents three months, and with that, that number exceeds all the deaths from all the vaccinations that have ever happened in the United States over the last over the last thirty years. And it's all it's all based on three months data. That's insane. That's in, and that's. Well, I, tell, I tell you why it's particularly insane, right. because if you have the audacity to introduce an experimental vaccine without just cause, mm -hmm. as is happening, then you are obligated to have put in place beforehand an efficient monitoring system of what's happening in real time. That was not done. So that's why these statistics are so unreliable. Except, except we do know vastly understated. So for that, that second part, so just in, in the spirit of trying to be open-minded and balanced and not 
because we obviously both have our, our beliefs and our predispositions. Is that is that a constant for the Vera system that it's only ever one percent? Is that just is that its nature? Is that what it's always been? Yeah, I mean, the graphs are published. You can see a straight line along very close to the baseline for the last 30 years. And then suddenly you see a huge spike. Really? A huge, a huge spike. And, and that's and that's OK. What it what what is the line? So. What is the line corresponding to? What is the what, what data are we the, talking the, about? Deaths? The deaths that are attributed to the vaccination. Holy shit. And we must. It's climbing by the day. It's, it must be around six thousand today. It's about it's about half that in in Britain, and it's about twice that in in all of Europe. And that's not in the news. No. Well, it is and it isn't. You know, it's not. It's not main. It's not the right subject, is it, for the mainstream media? It would. It would undercut. The it would play to the vaccine hesitancy that they want to um, that they want to um, undermine. Uh, Katie Hoskins in in Britain. I was just listening to a, a nine minute podcast that she put out. Uh, it, there was, I forget how many pages, a, a, a huge manual that suddenly appeared out of the bowels of the British government, which is basically a psychops. Um, psychological operation to create fear and to force people to be vaccinated incredibly sophisticated um, manipulation of the public right there in black and white the, the chapter and verse on how to do it um, so make no mistake there, there are sinister hands behind this attempt to um, uh, shame people, encourage people, entice people, bribe people into getting vaccinated. It's a highly orchestrated program. So they're almost they're almost forcing you to believe that there's got to be some evil conspiracy. Whereas, more as I'm like worst case scenario, they're just trying to make money. So I, Tommy, I really don't think there's anything, okay. any macro um, Machiavellian plot to yeah, kill off 90, 90% of the world's population. Okay. You know, it, it was sloppy lab practice. It was Fauci that got it going. Sloppy lab practice. It got out into the world. And then politicians started playing medicine without a friggin' clue what they were doing and could never say they were sorry, so they just started doubling down on, on things that they didn't work yesterday. Um, I, I don't think it's any more than that. But along the way, along the way, I mean, the big picture is really what the politicians, really what's happened here in the macro scale is politicians created a, a pseudo um, epidemic um, without any anywhere close to the same risk. So they created this monster of fear, aided and abetted by PCR, that they knew was useless as a way of enforcing all these mandates with mass in particular. And of course, when they didn't work, they started doubling down on it because if this doesn't work today, we'll double down on it tomorrow and therefore it should work and so on and so on. 
um, reached the point where the vaccine started appearing, and that was their only hope of survival. Because essentially what they're saying is, we created this madness, we forced you into wearing diapers for a whole year, and now we're only going to let you off the hook and and sorry you are only going to let us off the hook the pol the stupid politicians that enforced this on you you stupid lot are only going to get me off the hook that i created for myself by subjecting your bodies to a dangerous experiment that's the, that's the big picture that's going on we are the guinea pigs to get them out of the problem that they created Well, if they're all about trust the science and the science is settled, then maybe we should go with them. And you and I will just be the control group because we want to have good science, right? You, you, you got to have a good control group if you want to see what the, the test subjects, what effect it has. Well, if, if this is for sterilization, um, the unvaccinated will be the ones that rescue the world. Wouldn't that be hilarious? It, I mean, it, that'd be horrible. But in like a dark way, man, if that wouldn't be natural selection, the progeny that went on would be of those who didn't. <laughs> it's fucked up. But man, it's it's going to be interesting to see what we see. And um, it's six o'clock now, so we'll wrap this one up. But for future listeners, today is Thursday, June 24th, 2021 at 6.01 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we don't know entirely what the effects of the vaccine are, but I know when I go back a year and look at episodes and it's me and friends talking about, did it come from a bio lab? If only they could see a year from here. I can't help but think in a year we're going to be looking back and wondering what exactly was it. Was it a big nothing burger? Was it horrific? <laughs> I do know... And this might be conspiracy and misinformation. Who knows? Doesn't matter. This episode won't be on YouTube anyway. <laughs> but I thought I saw something about the chairman of some uh, Chinese megacorp who they they produce or they they synthesize um, a synthetic like baby formula. And, well, oh yeah, I, I, I read all of that. Very interesting. And there Very are there are there's like a leaked memo saying that yeah. from a business standpoint, they're like we're gonna we're gonna slow down manufacturing of baby formula because you know over the next one to two years, um, the number of births are going to drop significantly because of the vaccine. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, put a, he, he put a number on it too. Um, what he put. Yeah. And you may also you may also want to know this have may have totally different explanations. Okay. But the number of births registered in the USA in 2020 was eight percent less than the year before. Mm. Now it could have many explanations. Sure. But it could also be an attack of on the placenta early on with lost pregnancies that women never knew about. It's going to get spicy for sure. We won't know. Again, I would like to be wrong, but it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Dr. Hodkinson, as always, it's a pleasure. I'll email you. I feel like we're going to have to do another one in the next two weeks, and we'll attack the, attack the newest uh, round of bullshit. 
I like your informality. You're the essence of America, young man. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hodkinson, thank you so much, sir. And, um, well, I guess it doesn't matter because this part is not going to be on YouTube. So um, it will be on BitChute, Rumble, and Spotify. But if you're listening to this, you already knew that. So one day, maybe we'll have free speech again. But until then, Dr. Hodkinson and I, we're just going to keep shooting the shit anyway. Yeah, really enjoyed it, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. God bless America. God bless Canada. God bless you, Dr. Hodkinson. God bless everybody. Stay safe out there. Do what you think is best for you. Dr. Hodkinson and I could very well be wrong. We hope we're wrong. Do what you think is right. best for you. Take care of yourself. Find the information that you believe is most applicable to you. I'm not a doctor. Dr. Hodkinson is. But he's saying, too, this is just our opinions. Dr. Hawkinson, take care. I'll send you an email when this is up, and uh, we'll set up the next one, okay? Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. You have a good one. Recording stopped. Yeah.